Hello and welcome to the podcast video thing, whatever. Uh, it's uh, it's episode seventeen, and uh, I'm gonna talk about gigging, doing gigs. There's a saying: you're only as good as your last gig. So uh, I'm gonna talk about my last gig because it was fucking weird, absolutely weird. But I'll get to that in a minute because before I was asked to talk about how I I got into comedy. And uh, and what uh, what my first gig was like. Because a lot of people have the first gigs and their shit. But mine was actually really good. And I did it in <clears throat> in Dublin sometime. And uh, it started because I was interested and I was kind of... I kind of wanted to do it. But I didn't want to do it because of... Uh, like shit myself on stage. I didn't want to be that fucking nervous in front of people. And so a girl in my class put my name down on a list... Uh, at the Battle of the Axe in Dublin, and uh, I uh, I had to do it. I didn't tell anyone about the gig. I kept it quiet. I didn't want anyone to know because what you're shit. You're supposed to be shit, but I thought, what if I'm what if I'm really shit? So I wrote this. I had this whole material prepared because I always kind of thought I wanted to do it at some stage. So I actually had a shitload of jokes prepared and a load of ideas. So like when it when I eventually did like my first hour. Uh, at a festival, it's like your greatest hits ever since you were a kid. You have all of these jokes and stories. It's usually the second hour that you do, you realise, oh fuck, what did I do in the previous year that I can make funny? And then you have to be a comedian and try and be funny. But there was, so she put down my name and uh, and I, I went, I, I went to, uh, what am I looking for? Ah. I went to, uh, I went to do the gig and I, I, I was living in, in Dublin City at the time and I was freaked out. Because I didn't find anything I wrote funny, which is normal. Now I write something and I don't think it's funny, but it's funny on stage. But it doesn't make me laugh. And then, I, and what I think is funny doesn't necessarily make people laugh. And you go, ah, I don't know, I don't know. So, uh, so either way, I had this whole routine written down, and I can't even remember what it was. And I just fucking scrapped it. I went, no, I'm going back. I had to go back to bed, lie in bed, uh, rewrite like seven minutes. Of stuff, and for a long time, I kept everything really scripted, and so I prepared this whole set. And the, the, there was a girl before me from France, and she was uh, shit, and she was. Our, our joke was, I, I don't know if I told this before, but our joke was uh, clearly she's from France, not from Ireland. And a joke was, uh, as you can tell, I am from uh, Ballymun, and everyone laughed because she wasn't from Ballymun. And, and I've done similar stuff here. I go, oh, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from, uh, you know, Kaitaya. So she she did that joke once and people laughed. And then she thought, oh, that's how you get the laugh. So she kept doing the same joke again and again and again. And she went over. And, and I'm standing there freaked out. And I was about to run away so many times. I'm up and down the stairs. I think I only brought one person, one friend. Uh, I didn't tell anyone else I was doing it. Except for the girl who put my name down. But she didn't show up. So... I, uh, so yeah, then he calls my name out, and he said it correct, which is good, I'll get to people saying my name wrong in a bit, and, uh, and I went on stage, but I was fucking so nervous, and I just ran up onto the stage, and <coughs> I must have had about four, uh, not four, I had a can of Red Bull and a can of Lucasade, because uh, I didn't know which one I needed to be buzzing, I, it turns out I don't need either, now I don't drink anything like that, but at the time, I was like, fire, and, uh, and I ran on stage, and uh, and I the guy the MC whispered in my ear, keep it short and sweet, 
you know, like hurry the fuck up because she was shit and she went over. She went over. So I keep it short and sweet. So I panicked and the opening line is important and I didn't know what to say. But the, the panic set in and I, I said, I was told to keep this short and sweet. Like me Mickey dipped in sugar, right? Me Mickey, my penis, uh, like me Mickey dipped in sugar. And everyone laughed. And I went, oh, thank fuck for that. And everyone laughed and it was great. And then I got my opening without actually doing my original opening. And I don't, I can't even remember the routine, but it's one of the first jokes he ever wrote about was a story when, uh, I think I told it before on this, where I was, uh, the, the, my shit came out of the shower in Corfu uh, on holiday. So I told a few stories like that. But while I was telling the stories, I had a panic attack on stage. And no one knew about the panic attack. They all thought it was part of the act. So I started fucking twitching and spazzing out on this on this side of my, my, my body, uh, my left side. And I carried on with it, but I was really hyper. And I don't know if I had anything to do with the Red Bull. It was the, everything. I get, I've had two panic attacks in my life. Uh, and that was one. And another one was in college. And uh, I was freaked out. But either way, I got to the end and I got a big laugh and I finished. And I ended up winning the audience vote for the best comedian of the night. At the Lucky Duck Award. And that was my first gig. Like if my first gig was shit. I probably would never have done it again. Uh, I know you're supposed to. And I've seen people that start off. And they're really bad. And they keep at it. And they're still bad. And they keep at it. And they're still bad. And they're doing it years. And they're still bad. But uh, but then you see people that are not good at the start. And then they improve. And that's really good. But I, uh, but I started off good. And I went. Ah oh, for fuck's sake. And then I was worried that I'm going to be shit. I, I don't know which way is the better, better way to do it. So I did a few more gigs and then there was the, I got really precious of the jokes I wrote, which is stupid. And because I heard someone steal one of my routines once, uh, word for word almost. And it was a routine about uh, uh, some Jesus routine. And I heard someone steal it word for word. And I also heard other people steal my opening line, which uh, fucking wound me up. And then I got really weird. I said, right, that's it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gigging for a while until because uh, people keep on stealing my material. So I didn't gig for a bit, and then on and off, and uh, and then I moved to New Zealand, and then uh, I, I was gigging a lot on open mics and doing new material and stuff, and then I was working in an office, and I was I was dealing with complaints, and I couldn't every day I had to go in and listen to people bitch and moan about their gas and electricity or whatever the fuck we were selling. So uh, that was it. I said, right, I need to I need to find a new way of making money. And then I started doing more gigs, 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 and set up the quiz company. So I run the comedy quizzes here in a, in a load of bars. And then that's it. So uh, that's that's how I got into it, to answer that uh, person's question that sent me the email. The, what I'm talking about is that, like, I, I'm really lucky to have this job. Like, it's a really, I'm really lucky to have it. It's a fucking great job. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have an alarm clock, so I never have to wake up to an alarm, which is all I ever really wanted. Like, this, forget about wanting to do comedy or anything else. It's just not, you know, just waking up when you wake up and you go, oh, what time is it? 11, oh, 9, you know, you just get up and then you just piss about for a while and, ah, oh, I might go to the shop, I might walk down the road. And then you, then you, you, you go to work for two hours or whatever, and it's great. It's a fucking great life. I'm not complaining. I love it. Especially when it's summer, which it isn't now. But uh, it's the Lions Tour. All these fucking British and Irish people have taken over Auckland walking around. And they wear the same fucking jersey every single day. I don't even know if they wash their clothes. They must stink. They've been here for, what, three weeks now walking around. Lions, Lions, 
Lions everywhere. The final game is tonight. Uh, it's Saturday now when I'm recording this. I don't know if I'll put it out on Saturday or Sunday. But I will go out and watch the game tonight because the city is absolutely nuts. But it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Everyone just drunk. I heard a story of two uh, a, a couple were kissing in one of the bars and they were just surrounded by Lions fans who just picked them up and just started lifting them up in the air while they're still kissing because they were you know they were they were fully into it. I don't know if they were erect uh, or she was he was. I don't know how it works. Body parts. But the yeah, so I'm talking about this gig, right? I had a weird. Every now and again, you get a weird gig, uh, like a really strange gig, and someone will approach you and say, "Oh, because you're from Ireland, can you do this?" I had it a few years ago on St Patrick's Day, where a, a guy, his, his wife, loves Ireland and everything about Ireland, so he found me and booked me to do a gig in his garden. So he he paid for a taxi for me to drive all the way to his garden. And turn up as his long lost friend. So these surprise gigs. Where like everyone has to know that you're a comedian. Otherwise it's just weird. It's you know. So at the comedy club or a comedy night. Everybody is there for comedy. So even if it's a shitty gig with fuck all people. And, uh, and, and maybe they're a good crowd. Maybe they're not. They're there for comedy. So you can always get them. You can always you know you can. It's uh, the dare to laugh. They want to laugh. So, you know, if you have good material and you're good at your job, you'll do a good job. But if it's a surprise gig where you're introduced as somebody that tricks everyone and they just stand there going, who is this arsehole with the microphone? So a couple of years ago, it was a guy. And yeah, so he brought me out to his house and it was he's, he's Maori. So they're having this, uh, I forget what's hungy hangy, whatever. The food cooked in the ground. And uh, it was lovely, everything was amazing and he's giving me beers and then he goes, right, I'm going to introduce you as my mate. And then he brings me on, uh, like I say on, there's no stage, it's just in the garden with a microphone. And at the time, all I had was material. So I had to like strip, like scripted, I'd, I'd never deviate from the material because I, I was always afraid if I started bantering with people, I'd forget where I was. Now I don't have, I don't really do material. Now it's all talking. I just walk out and I just try and make it up as I go along and play with people, and it's fine. Uh, once there's people to play with, if I do a gig in front of chairs because it's badly run, then it's very hard to banter with empty chairs. But it's a, uh, but either way, that's it. But material, fine. So I just took the mic and I just started doing material, and it was weird. So people are still standing there going, "What is this shit? What's going on?" Because they don't know what's... They just see just some drunk Irish... Well, I wasn't even drunk, but... They, they'd assume because I'm standing there at St. Patrick's Day... And I'm just meandering... I'm just waffling. I'm just talking shit. And uh, it was fine. I, I think I did about 20 minutes. And then... Uh, and whatever job I had at the time was sales. And it turned out it was the, the girl, the, the, the wife... Uh, she was my boss. So uh, we had a different... Because I talked about weird shit. But it was fine. It was, I got paid and then taxi back... And uh, it was it was fun. It wasn't like a gig at a comedy club, but it was fun. But it's a bad way to do a gig. It's but you you take it every now and again. If, if it I think it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh fuck it, that's my that's my night paid for. I get a taxi out. Uh, uh, I'm drinking with my mates. Get a taxi out. Talk some shit for twenty minutes. Drink some of that drink and a taxi back plus loads of money. Fucking drinks are on me. Let's go nuts. So so that was what that was what happened. So. The gig, uh, I'll get to the gig, uh, the, the last gig, it was on Thursday night, it was a roast gig. 
I was I was hired to roast somebody and I said fuck it I can do that once people understand what's going on like I said so uh it's uh so I was I was I was booked in I always wanted to talk about bad gigs before I did this podcast I wanted to talk about I think there's we have a cat I can hear a cat I don't know if you can hear a cat there's a cat in the house and it pisses everyone off even though they love it but they, they, it's a little arsehole of a cat. It's an absolute fucking nightmare. And it wrecks my head. I lock it in bedrooms. I kick it out. I, I do all this sort of stuff. Because uh, I can't stand it. It's an evil looking little bastard. And uh, the other day, it just it was annoying me so much. It was just in my face and wanting food. I'm like, feed yourself. You're a fucking cat. Go hunting. Go out there and grab a pigeon. Like, go down to the beach. There's loads, of, there's loads of fucking birds there eating chips. Go down there. So, it was wrecking me head. So And uh, and I kicked it out, and that was it. And then I went out to do uh, a gig, I think it was, and I was walking back. And the cat was in my head so much that I'm just walking down the road. And another cat, a completely different cat, just walks out of a garden. Friendly cat. Meows to say hello. And I just went, shut the fuck up. Hey, cats. I thought I'd be okay, but it's, I'm going to set it on fire. What was I talking? I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, the gig. So, yeah. Oh, here's the gig. Yeah. So I was I was asked to roast somebody, and I said I'm okay with that because I can deal with audiences. Like a, a recent gig, I do. I can. I heard a lot of corporate gigs and private gigs. And the thing about private gigs, corporate gigs, it's like Christmas gigs. A lot of the staff don't necessarily want to be there. They just they go there for the free drink and the free ticket. And a lot of them have that mentality that comedy is shit. Comedians here are shit. So, and like the gig a few weeks ago or last week uh, in the comedy club, uh, I I can handle these people. I I loved I loved the battle. I loved the fight with these people. So there was all of these alpha males in the front row, assholes, and uh, and they were just sitting there trying to take over the show, trying to ruin the show. And I ripped the shit out of them. And uh, like I don't even know how I I don't even know how I got to it, but we. And the first act even mentioned it, but we were told, uh, we were told that day, we got an email saying, don't be offensive to the crowd, right? Be nice. And uh, so we went out on stage and there was the four guys in the front that were being such arseholes that all I could do was make a joke about them, right? And the thing is, if you pick on guys, everyone else is on board because fuck men, right? Everyone else is on board and it's uh, and the lads all jump on them and they join in any slagging you give them is their slagging forever now in the office right that's the new slagging and the but you, you can't really pick on girls I had a, a, another story in a, in a bit about where some girls were being assholes and it was difficult but we had to deal with it and uh, they were fucking gone but to deal with the lads like there was a guy in the front and he was being weird and somehow I don't even know how I got there but uh, but it was funny, and I might use it again properly. But I said, "You look like you're into weird shit," and they're laughing at him. And uh, so we're picking on this guy and going, "I bet you're into weird sexual stuff as well." And this is like eight o'clock in the evening. Like we're not even into the 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 dark stuff yet. And I said, "You're you're into weird stuff. I bet you're into fucking weird sexual fantasies. I bet you're into like fucking like midgets." amputee midgets right and everything was saying they were laughing at him the whole time so it just kept going if they stopped laughing i would have stopped but they kept laughing so we keep going i said yeah with no arms and no legs and fucking small head just a fucking just a body 
and all you do is you put them on your on your willy on your penis and you just fucking spin them around you just spin them around instead of like a fidget spinner it's a midget spinner right and I'm making myself laugh at this point and I shouldn't be laughing at it because it's offensive but I'm going yeah you spin them around your midget spinner and that was it and they're all laughing and then I thought oh shit it's time to bring on the force act and I brought on the force act who's a, a big name really funny comedian and he came out and he, he said look we, we got the email today saying don't be offensive and then your MC is talking about spinning midgets on your on your penis. That's the type of like you're battling with them. So, but you have them on board. And by the end of the gig, uh, they were coming up saying nice things to me, compliments and stuff. Because I do a good job. Like I, I get the gigs because I do a good job. So, uh, but I'll talk about the bad gig. I will get to the bad gig, and and that was it. So I love dealing with that. So the but the bad gig, right? So I met them. And so the, here's the story. There's a guy leaving the country, right? And he's uh he's he's from here. He's Maori. He's from here. And uh, his story is, he got a girl pregnant, an Irish girl pregnant, and she went back with the kid. And so now he has to go back and be in Ireland, uh, not necessarily with her, but just to be near the kid, right? I have a kind of similar situation with my kid being in Ireland, but whatever. But uh, so I thought, right, we have something to talk about. So they said, yeah, but rip into him. Fucking destroy him. Rip the shit out of him. So I met all of his colleagues and his boss. Now his boss is like, uh, hard to describe. It's a typical sort of white middle-aged man you'd sort of meet here. Uh, you know, it's it's when I, when I was here before going back to Ireland for a bit, there was a certain type of person, usually that white middle-aged man, older man, that I wouldn't have a conversation with. I wouldn't let them hear my accent because they just wanted to lash into uh, negative Irish jokes, right? And then I get in arguments and stuff and then, uh, you know, shit happens. So I met him and I went, he's exactly the type of person. Like in the one hour that I spoke to him, the one hour he talked about his penis four times. Like four times he mentioned his dick to me. Right, so that I can only assume that he drives a massive car. Right, he's one of those sort of arseholes. But uh, but it was a paid gig, and they were paying me cash up front. So I said, right, just fucking keep quiet, see what happens. It might be okay, but it's everything was a nightmare. It sounded like it was going to be a nightmare. So I'm meeting him and uh, and his colleagues, and they're giving me all this fucking information. Uh, the guy is Maori, but he's very white. Ripped the shit out of him over that. Uh, the shit out of him about his kid, like tear him to shreds. What you're not allowed to mention is is, is the girl, right? And he, I won't say her name. What you're not allowed to mention is the girl. Do not mention the girl whatsoever because it's a touchy subject. But you can rip the shit out of him about bam, 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 bam. Give me all this information. Wasn't necessarily good information, but I could work with it. So they wanted me to rip the shit out of him for like half an hour, 30 minutes non stop. And uh, so we kind of, we, we kind of negotiated that. He'd do some talking. We actually wanted everyone to roast him, right? We want we had five people lined up to roast the guy. It was going to be a proper roast. I was going to host it. We all say something. It's all organised, and it'd be amazing. Then I was told none of the other people want to do that. So it was just me and the fucking the dick talker. Uh, I forget. I'm not saying his name. Uh, he's you know he's one of them. He's hanging on to what little hair he has left. You know he's fucking hanging in there, and. So, uh, so that was the plan, and he gave me this information and whatever. So, I turned up. I turned up for the gig, and I walked in, and the whole place was decorated in diddly eye, paddywhackery bullshit, right everywhere. 
And if it's not Paddy's Day, and I don't, I don't necessarily love it on Paddy's Day either. If it's not St. Patrick's Day or whatever, uh, it's I don't know. I find I find it a bit weird when everyone's dressed up as leprechauns jumping around with green, you know, the green hats and putting on the accent. I find it offensive. Like it, it, it does my head in. But you to deal with it here. And it's like if, if if I wouldn't turn up on on a you know a public holiday with fucking face tattoos attempting to hack it, you know what I mean? To you know I don't or Chinese holidays you wouldn't you wouldn't go out of your way to offend other people. But either way they think it's okay. But fucking let them. So I walked in. I've seen all of this shit everywhere, and I thought, oh, this is a fucking nightmare. Already it's a nightmare. Now that's the, that's the wrong attitude to have. Because I thought, that's probably my fault, I'm going to make it bad. But then he comes up to me and he's steaming drunk, absolutely drunk. And he's telling me what's, what's the plan. It's going to be me and him, two of us have a mic. And uh, it's all going to happen here. Uh, what's your name again? And uh, he said, it's Alan Laurie. And I went, no, come on the fuck. You, you, must, have go you must have looked at videos of Donna. You must have, we emailed, we fucking emailed. It's like, no, it's not, it's McElroy. And he's like, how do I say it? I goes, just like I said it. McElroy, just say it. Say it. It's a name, right? And I know some people are precious about how the name is pronounced, especially when they bring culture into it. But I'm like, just say my name. That's it's fucking easy. Say my name. So uh so we go there and he's he's fucking hammered and he pays me up front, happy days. So I, I have my escape route ready because I knew it was gonna be fucking terrible. And everybody is emotional. Everybody is nearly crying, right? At this stage, because the guy is leaving. The guy they love is leaving. Like the the best friend, you know he's friends with everybody. Clearly, he's a great guy, right? He's not somebody that should be roasted. He's not the type of person that should have a stranger turn up to a bar and rip the shit out of him because then I'm the asshole. And that's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. I thought so. I'm sitting there trying to rework what I had. Going, what can I say? What can I not say? So the drunk boss gets up and dribbles some shit, and uh, and they laughed at a couple of things that he said. And then he just got into it, and then he introduced me as the 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 girlfriend, the girl, the baby mama, the mother of his child. Introduced me as her boyfriend. So when he introduces me as that, everyone looks at me and thinks, "What a prick!" Before I even open my mouth, I'm walking, going, "What the?" F so that's it's all against me from then. So I just start getting into, I start trying to banter, but there was no banter. They were just hating. And I went, this is fucking terrible. Then I tried to get into material and I'm pointing at him. But people are crying because the guy before me, the boss, gave an emotional speech. So people are starting to cry. And so I am introduced as the fucking the partner. And I'm walking up, ripping the shit out of him. So I should have been battered. Like no one knew what was going on. And it was terrible. It was absolutely fucking terrible. And I, I, like, I don't mind bad gigs. Like, bad gigs in a, in a controlled situation, you can handle it. Like I said, it was the three millennial uh, bitches at a gig a few weeks ago. Uh, and it was hard to deal with uh, drunk, annoying girls. And they kept trying to Snapchat me uh, while I was on stage. Everyone else was having a great show. They were being weird. And uh, so I had to kick girls out, which is awkward. And I walked over. And I didn't help myself because uh, I walked over and said, Get your camera off me. Put your camera down. And I'll never lose it on stage. Never. I said, Put your camera down. And I walk over, and uh, she goes, no, I'm going to record this, right? I said, put your fucking camera down. And then our friend goes, I'm scared to the girls. And I have no idea why I did this, but I leaned over and I said, you should be fucking scared. 
Like, why the fuck would I say that, right? So with that, and anyway, the managers come down and they and they kick them out. And they go, yeah, fuck you. And fucking, they're being bitches while they're being dragged out. And then, oh, and she shouted back saying something like, uh, uh, you're you're domestic you're domestic violence some I don't know what it was. I don't know what what I said I've no material about domestic violence so I've no idea what they were talking about but they were dragged out and then there was that so then the whole room was awkward and there's 150 people in the room and it's my job to bring them back so there was about three minutes where it was awkward but then I got them back I got them back on big laughs and then I finished on an applause break and then bring on the next act that's great right that's what you do that's my job that's why I'm hired to do the job because I can do that but in the situation when everyone is there thinking I'm a boyfriend of the guy of the girl uh, who's making the guy live and they hate me I thought there's no way I'm even going to get fucking five minutes here there's no fucking way so I start doing the stuff and lashing into it and then I try to make it nice and be as welcoming saying look I'm from Ireland I'm actually going to welcome you to Ireland and I start uh, cracking a few jokes and there's a few laughs but there was a lot of weird stares and then the boss stumbles back in again and goes, Well, he's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. And says something stupid like that. And uh, and then he tells another emotional thing. And then he points back at me. Okay, go again. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What am I supposed to do? So I thought, right, I have a finish. I have a finish that I do with the comedy club. I'll always I'll always finish on this bit because it, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a big finish. So I start getting into it. And while I'm getting into it, no one else is understanding what's going on. So I'm just shouting at a man. I'm just shouting at a man. And then I get to the finish and the punchline. And uh, and then that was it. And I just looked at the boss and he's looking at me. And he's ready to take the microphone off me. Because nothing is working. The whole idea of a roast was a fucking shit idea. I went, what can you do? You brought me in to fucking slag a fella while you're all crying. This is nuts. So I finished up. Money. Straight to the pub. That was it. Got the fuck out of there. One of the worst gigs I've ever had to do in my life. But... And the thing is, I'd do it again if I got paid cash up front again. Because that's my weekend sorted with this Lions tour. So tonight, drinks are on me. Yay! But that's, that was one of the worst gigs. And I never really talk about the good gigs because that's my, that's my job. Like, I'm supposed to have good gigs. So I never really go on about them. But... <clears throat> but there's there's another one that the whole idea why I was thinking of doing a podcast about the the a bad gig, I wanted to call it something like blame the audience, right? Because you're not supposed to blame the audience, but you you know it's the same. The customers always right. Not a customers not always right. Customers are assholes, so fuck them. It, it, sometimes you can blame the audience. Uh, so uh, so that was it. So we're doing a show in Edinburgh. I, I probably talked about it, and I'll, the next podcast I'm gonna go through that show because it's I'm really proud of it it's a really good show and there's a lot of singing which I keep losing my voice but there's a lot of singing and fun stuff involved and uh, and so that's what I'm going to talk about next time but I went back to Ireland for seven months and while I was back there I started doing a double act with my mate Alan Hurley I call it a triple A Alan and Alan the Amberson Alan and Alan triple A and we start doing this musical double act I talked about it before uh so and we we wrote a lot of songs and we we performed at electric picnic and then we performed in a, a few other places but we went to edinburgh last year just as as fans of comedy and to do lineup shows just to just to walk around get to know see what it's like probably knowing that we wanted to go back this year but there was a gig on an ambush gig in a smoking area and i didn't want to do normal stand-up and alan was there because it was a horrible gig, so we did. I think I said this again before. So we started doing the, the the songs, and we start bringing more people out to watch us, and it was great. And every time we did it, it was amazing. So we 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 did it. Uh, we headlined shows at Christmas, singing our Christmas song, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. 
our festive song, Can't Say Christmas, you offend everyone. So we started doing all of that sort of stuff and uh, and it was great. So we, we, we said, right, let's do Edinburgh and we wrote more songs. So the next podcast, I'll talk about the songs. But last Christmas, I was hired by a, 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 a pub, the Red Cow Hotel. It's, uh, it's where a lot of, a lot of comedians have started, like the type of comedians, it's not the same as now, like Brendan Grace and all of these weird, like kind of offensive comedians, old, fucking old comedians before alternative comedy or whatever it is that we do, which is normal now. But uh, all these are old comedians. So I was asked to host a show and they said they would also want me to walk around the bar every Friday hosting. Right, which is again is a bad idea. People are not there for comedy. It's just some fellow with a microphone walking around. Blah 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 blah. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. I want me fuck. You know, it's never gonna work. But I said, I said, yeah, we we'll see what happens. So they wanted an hour of, of comedy, right, before the the main act, which is a guy called Laurie Hartz. He's old as fuck, right? He's I think he's nearly eighty, maybe. He's South African. But he was big, he's, he's, he's in Ireland years, and he was big for fucking in the 70s and 80s. So I was following uh, as mainly old people. Now apparently he does attract a young uh, group, which is why I was hired. Because uh, they, they said, yeah, you get young people in, it's going to be great fun, you're going to have great banter. And I said, yeah, that's amazing, lovely. <clears throat> Let's do it. And I said, look, because it's half an hour, I'm going to do stand-up. But I'm also going to bring my mate in and do the songs that we've been doing that's been going so well that's brought us to Electric Picnic and Edinburgh and uh, and headline other shows and we brought her around the country to different bars. I said, so I'm going to bring him, him in. I'll do stand-up, he'll do stand-up. We'll split the fee and we'll do the songs. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Songs before songs. It's going to be class. And he goes, yeah, sounds good, right? So we turn up, we're booked for two nights and the first night we had this whole hour prepared and every time we did the songs, and I'll do the songs in the next podcast, like, we'd walk out. The first song is Yippie Kaye, Motherfucker, right? Which is basically, the, the whole reason for it is that not everyone celebrates Christmas. So you need one song that everyone can uh, can uh, sing along to. And there's, there's one Christmas hero, one festive hero, that's John McClane, right? He can, he, everyone can associate with John McClane. So we had this song, it's really good. I'll sing it the next time. And we open with that. Now, part of the song ends up with me and him in a bloodied vest uh, singing Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, right? So that's the first song. So we turned up to do the gig and we looked around the crowd and it was a, an ocean of fucking grey hair, blue rinse. It was, they were all so old, right? And we went, there's no fucking way they're going to be into us at all. There's no way they're going to like what we're going to do. There's no way they'll even get the references, right? They're old people. They're really fucking old. And all they wanted was the singer, the main guy. So we, crowd banter is what I do. So we walked around and we're having a bit of crowd banter, uh, playing with them, having a laugh. And they were not into it. They were fucking, they were, you could see them complaining uh, from the start. And so, yeah, and we cracked a few jokes with them and they weren't going for it. They weren't going, like, you know, call them gilfs, stuff like that, which I probably shouldn't have said. Like, I love old women with their with their loose morals and loose skin, all that dumb shit. So we're, we're saying all of this and then we uh, and then we went, oh, fuck, that's that's not working. Let's, uh, Alan thought it was working. I didn't think it was working. 
So we hopped on stage and said, right, let's get into the song. So the first song, Yippie Kaye Motherfucker, all the old people saw and understood was two men on stage jumping around, pretending to shoot guns in the air, shouting, motherfucker, 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 covered in blood, right? That's all they saw. And we could see them complaining while we're on stage, calling the manager, going, what is this? This is horrible, right? So it wasn't for them at all. Any other crowd, we've done it everywhere else. They fucking loved it, which is why we start the show with it. And it's a Christmas song and a festive song and they hated it. And we just went, oh man, we, how are we going to fucking do this? And the next song is a, co- a song called Environmental Song. And it's a big sort of play on uh, kind of Bono, uh, these environmental songs. And we're trying to save the world, right? And during that song, at the start of that song, we normally open it. Oh no, we did Brexit. We did a song about Brexit, but it was, it was to Daft Punk style. So they don't know what the fuck Daft Punk is. And they don't care about Brexit. They, they, you know, they don't care. So we get into this song, which is weird. We're in boiler suits doing this weird song. And they're just not happy. They're not into it whatsoever. And the next song is the environment song. And so the start of that song, we normally ask the crowd, when it's a normal crowd, hey, who's worried about global warming? And everyone normally goes, yay, right? And then you go, yeah, exactly. So this is a song that's going to fix it. It's a song about living in the trees because the water's rising. It's a stupid song. We're living in the trees because the water's rising. And people join in and get on board and you can sing along and whatever. So I asked this crowd at Christmas, who's worried about global warming? And he went, no, no. And then I couldn't help it, but I said, well, you're all nearly dead anyway, so why would you give a fuck, right? So... That's more complaints. So they weren't happy about that. And we crack into the song. And then there's a bit of the song where I do a big Bono thing. Where I go down and I preach to somebody in the crowd. It's like, yeah. I can't even remember it now. But I went down to this guy. And I start doing it in his face. And he's just trying to look back at me. And he was the, they were the youngest table. and But they were ter- they were horrified. And to the extent. And I've never had this in my life. In my life. A woman just turned around looked at my face and goes. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> fucking this is not working right so we jumped up on stage and then I said right Alan does 15 minutes of material then I come back I do uh, I do material and then we do a couple of songs and we finish and the, and the finished song is a big it's a song it's a great song so uh, so Alan does 15 minutes and I walk around the back and the sound is off you can hear the sound is off and stuff and you go oh, this is a fucking nightmare and I'm out the back there's a door at the back of the stage to the stage and I'm just sitting there and I think about seven minutes in, I just hear him say to the crowd, uh, I just got to see if Alan's there. They hate him. He said they hate him. They fucking didn't like him at all. And he just opens the door and says, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing anymore. And he goes, here's the mic. I'm like, for fuck's sake, right? So I take the mic and I go out and I start getting into material and I start trying to get them back on board. And I'm starting to get them back on board. But every time I knew I was getting somewhere, I knew I was getting to a bit which involved uh, like kids calling each other a kid saying I fucked your mother everything I knew I, I knew where I was going I went shit I have to stop this so uh, so I brought Alan back on and we sang a couple of more songs and they hated us they fucking hated us and the final song was it's uh, it's, it's called Fumer Mata to the tune of Hakuna Matata and it's about people buying cigarettes from Portugal because it doesn't have the graphic image it just says Fumer Mata whereas everywhere else has the graphic image of lungs and shit so we're singing this song and we're in onesies and they start to like that because we're, we're singing a song they could kind of sing. They sang with their great-grandchildren. Fumarumata! And we're jumping around in onesies. So we look like teddy bears. 
So that's when they were finally on board. But that was our final song. And then uh, and then we finished and we grabbed all of our shit in two big bags on stage and just went straight back out the back. And then that was it. And we finished 15 minutes early. And the headline act, that guy wasn't happy because we ruined the show. He went out. They fucking loved him. They, they, I know they can't get wet looking at him because they're all fucking dusty grannies. But, but you know, they got twi- they got twinges. Twinges and the minges. But, they was, uh, but yeah, it was weird. And even halfway through the gig, I forgot to mention this. When Alan was out on stage, one of the managers comes back and says, uh, you got to keep the language down. I'm like, have you Googled what we do? Have you watched the video? So that was it. And then we had one more show to do with it. And we were shitting ourselves. And it was a Saturday night. And I didn't leave the bedroom at all. I just sat there going, what a fucking nightmare. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. Alan was the same in his house. And then eventually the manager called up and said, look, I didn't even call. Text. We have to cancel tonight. Uh, too many complaints. Uh, we had to give too many refunds. I was like, yeah, I doubt you get fucking refunds. But uh, I was so happy. I've never been more happy in my life to have a gig fucking cancelled. All those horrible old nearly dead bitches. And then, uh, and then I called up Alan and told him, and he was, he was, I think he was crying all day. I don't know. He was, he was there going, oh thank fuck for that. And then after that, my 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 dad had a car full of people. He's a taxi driver going to the gig. They were going to see us. So there was all these young people apparently on the Saturday night that were singing our songs. That were there to see us. And then some tranny came out. So, you know, I don't know. It's not, it's not, his, it's not his crowd. It's not their crowd. But it was, uh, they're, they're the two worst gigs. The worst gigs that I've ever done. So there is that saying, you're only as good as your last gig. I don't even know what uh, I fucking talked about. But, uh, yeah, thanks. I rambled. That was fucking, that was too long. 37 minutes. Talked a lot of shit there. But that's, yeah, that's how I got into comedy. And uh, they're the worst gigs. I'm going to start trying to talk to other comedians about their worst gigs ever. Because uh, no one wants to hear about good gigs. Because that's bragging. Fuck that. Thanks for listening. This is the longest one yet. i got to fucking cut it back down. Uh, bye.